0: smiling faces they say that heaven you make me smile
1: Welcome to First by Track Presents, Stevie Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Creepin', which has no G at the end, from the album Fulfillingness First Finale, uh, released on the 22nd of July, 1974. On the track we have Stevie Wonder, and also, I would say, um, kind of almost as a duet, we have Minnie Riperton, uh, credited as backing vocals, but we'll talk about how much she's getting to sing on this track, because... Yeah. Doesn't really feel like she's a backing vocalist on it. The track is four minutes twenty-two. And joining me to talk about today is Elliot Wallace. Hello. Eddie. Hello. Yeah. So I mean, this is the first time that Minnie Riperton um, sings with Stevie Wonder. So I feel it's worth kind of getting into her background. Mm-hmm. I think obviously everyone knows her from "Loving You." It was a number one single. Yeah. Um, came out in 1975. She had a, um, you know, it was the, it was a single that was released from the album "Perfect Angel." Um, You know, by the time, you know, we get to, uh, you know, 76, uh, I think she'd been diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, and she had a mastectomy. um, But unfortunately, uh, you know, it was too far um, progressed and she was given roughly six months to live, although she managed to kind of hang on for another couple of years. Um, you know, uh she told she told everyone that she had cancer, but she did not um let everyone know that she was terminally ill. Um and, you know, she she spoke she became a spokesperson for the American Cancer Society in nineteen seventy seven mm. and then uh received uh an award from Jimmy Carter oh. in nineteen seventy eight. Um and you know, basically uh what, five years after this song was released, um she died uh july twelfth, nineteen seventy nine, and she was only thirty one. Uh which is yeah. Um it's and I think the the weirdest thing is, you know, obviously everyone knows Loving You. Uh it's famous for, you know, obviously the kind of the the high notes that she hits in that song. Um uh, but I think these days really she's basically
0: known as the mother of Maya Rudolph. Yeah, which I was is- about to say that too <laughs> that she's you know, she might be known for that and just kind of how how parodied loving you is um I, I was just learning a bit about her history, like the tiny bit about the psychedelic band she was in i think black rotary club i think it was called uh in the 60s or in the 70s it was you know i didn't know about that until i came across like a cd from mojo magazine um but you know yeah just kind of hearing her uh uh past it was really uh you know it's, it's interesting i definitely want to learn more about how she's kind of bounced around and i didn't even and i guess because i didn't notice the the high notes i didn't know that she uh until like you you sent the notes i didn't know that she was on this track too so it's a bit surprised because i when i think of her voice i do think of it all in most if not all situations as just like the high uh uh falsetto I mean, it's not a falsetto because it's just her her head voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: yeah. What's I mean? By the time this album came out, uh, Maya Rudolph was only two years old, um, and so when her mother died, she was I think seven, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so uh, you know, I, I think that the weirdest thing is you know when Maya Rudolph became kind of big on uh, SNL, that was one of the things where it's like, oh yeah, she's the daughter of. Minnie Ripperton. it's kind of like okay that's a that's a little bit like it kind of and, and what's even stranger is the fact that she's married to Paul Thomas Anderson which is yeah. <laughs> like I, I like it's such it's such a I don't know if you Maya Rudolph you have like this kind of weird backstory and then you have this kind of weird present um and it's it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of just a you know kind of remarkable Um, But yeah, no, Mini Ripper, she's got a great voice. And I think what really works on this track is her voice and Stevie's voice, because obviously he is kind of um, particularly when he when he does the, the kind of the creep. Um, When he sings, you know, why, you know, why must you always creep into my dreams? He goes really into his lower register for the dreams. And I think that's where the kind of um, harmonizing with Minnie Riperton really works, because she obviously is staying, you know, fairly high up. And so their harmonies just work, you know, kind of really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, she's not singing on every single line. Um, And obviously, you know, Stevie Wonder is also um, his own backing vocalist as well. So he's also doing harmonies um, with himself. But just like the kind of range that he's doing where he's kind of singing from his middle range right down into his lower range, particularly the kind of the In My Dreams is always, you know, kind of towards the bottom of his range. But just the fact that on top of that, you have Minnie Riperton kind of... um, for the bridges as well, you know, like in the bridge, she's, she's kind of harmonizing quite a lot and, you know, singing some of the kind of the lines and, and she never kind of is at the forefront, but you know, I, it feels like back in vocals is, a, is kind of downplaying
0: what she's doing on the song. Uh, I, you know, Yeah. I, well, I feels like really strong about back, backing vocals, uh, cause it's hard to kind of throw in uh, as a full duet clearly, but, it wouldn't also. It would also be unfair to say it's just like backing vocals. So same way he does his own backing vocals, where it is just in the background. It it's like kind of an essential part of the song too. And I think it kind of counterbalances his lower register when he goes into uh, the uh, bridge and uh, like the I guess chorusy parts of the song.
1: Yeah, I get, it's it's worth saying uh, this is a song that basically has no chorus. Right. Um, it's just and also the title, which is which is written as creeping as if there was a G miss missing, but in the song, it, al- it is always sung as creep, um, you know, creep. And then into my dreams. Uh, and then, you know, later on he repeats, uh, particularly like kind of in the outro, like in my dreams over and over again. So it's the creep. And then the, in the two separate words. So I, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those weird things where he's the title, has the kind of the apostrophe at the end as if it's 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 just the word creeping with the G missing. But in the song, it's ne- he never kind of sings that. Um, and, and, you know, And there's a lot of other... And the weirdest thing is there's a lot of other rhymes that have, like, you know, sitting, kissing, amazing, staying. Uh, like, they have the G in, but then he never rhymes them with creeping. It's always creep into my dreams. And that little kind of... Hesitation.
0: I mean, it could work yeah. out as I just tried to uh, and failed to sing it right now. Guess you always <laughs> yeah. be staying. So let yeah. it be that you always creep in into my dreams. I'm sorry everyone had to hear yeah. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, so there's lots there's a lot of words with the g at the end but the, like creeping is not one no. of them. So it, it's kind of, I I just but I then again I like the kind of the way he structures that and just kind of uh something that you know is kind of common as particularly throughout these albums as Stevie Wonder has kind of matured, the kind of the way he writes songs has matured and like doing that little trick of having the word creeping in the song but not ever saying it and only having it. So there's a little break again that that feels like something that I say mature, but obviously at this point Stevie Wonder's still only about like twenty
0: four. Um, but it, but I, I have to again. This is one of those where I have to set the whole record. But listening to this song, it has certain. The only way I could think of it was a weird oh, uh, like album oriented rock but our our album oriented soul feel where this doesn't, it's weird this song felt very familiar, but I've never really heard it before. I can't say I heard it anywhere outside of just starting to listen to it here. And it, but I think I'm so sorry as maturity is kind of like catching up with what music was doing in the seventies of like AOR and you create this entire album of music and you, kind of allow the dj to pick what works or what doesn't and and this is a song that you know as a ballad too it definitely works and it can it just kind of it works so i think a maturity in that way
1: i would say like as like a, a ballad it's different to like the stuff of the first few albums yeah. which was particularly more oriented to the fact that he was co-writing stuff with Sy Rita and he was singing about him and Sy Rita. and so when you look at something like you are the sunshine of my life and he's like singing it you know, um, against uh, essentially like two side that's completely different to this, which is, you know, a little bit more downbeat and just, I don't know, the kind of choice of key is everything feels a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, you know, and in particular, obviously, you know, I mean on here, um, this might be one of only a couple of tracks on this album that uses the Tonto. Um, whereas I, you know, for kind of the first couple of albums or first three albums, after he kind of, you know, found out about the Tonto, he was using that on pretty much everything. Mm. And so this is kind of one of the few tracks that actually uses it. Obviously, I mean, he's still got the mood bass and the Fender Rhodes. And, you know, there is this kind of mournful harmonica kind of solo oh, yeah. in the song, which is, is probably my favorite part of the song. Just this kind of, it's not, it's not very long. It's only probably about like, you know, maybe four bars. Mm. But it's just it, like just before he kind of comes back in for the, um like for the 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 kind of final bridge you just have this little mournful kind of harmonica solo Mm. um and again like not the, the the kind of the questions that he's asking in this this song you know when he when when he's kind of you know says i can hear you saying saying you'll be beside me um why must why must it be that you always creep into my dreams? And then he's like, on the beach we're kissing, hugging, squeezing, kissing. Why must it be that you always creep into my dreams? <laughs> so again, there's no chorus, but there's just this refrain. Yeah. Um, and then I I mean I love the bridge just because of this. You know, when I'm asleep at night, baby, I feel those moments of ecstasy. When you sleep at night, baby, I wonder, do I creep into your dreams? Or could it be <laughs> I sleep alone in my fantasy? Just the way that he, he kind of each of those lines feels like it's just slightly going f- like further down. Yeah. Like this is his kind of thoughts. And and whenever I hear this song, it does kind of like just that picture of him just kind of in bed, alone, thinking about someone. Yeah, does kind of make it feel I mean, it works perfectly at the end of this first side because it does feel like a conclusion um you know like it feels like stevie wonder's going to sleep and thinking about someone and that's the mm. end of the first side of the album
0: yeah that's an interesting kind of take on it just uh, as a cycle of uh you know of someone go, of, you know the winding down before the second part of the uh, album yeah that's interesting
1: yeah that's how it's always felt to me it's just like this this final kind of song on this side just to kind of close it off um and particularly in verse three that's where i feel like we get the kind of the best mini rippings and stuff when he's singing the love is so amazing and we like you get their two voices mm. and then it's like yes you will be staying and then together when they sing so let it be that you always creep into my dreams having their two voices it makes it feel like the two subjects of the song that are addressed in the bridge of like you know do you think of me you know i'm thinking of you It feels like on that third verse, they're kind of singing together. So they're both basically saying, you know, you being, you know, the other person, you always creep into my dreams. And, you know, we're kind of getting affirmation from both of them. Right. Um, And then the nice little echo of in my dreams, you know, just nice and low in Stevie's voice, Uh, which I mean, at this point as well. Like I I think everything about Stevie Wonder as we go through these albums just gets better and better. And I think one of the things, you know, obviously Stevie Wonder has perfect pitch. So he's got no issues with like, you know singing in tune but i think as he goes on his vocal range kind of changes a little bit and he kind of pushes further down into some of the kind of deeper stuff obviously we're not talking like barry white or anything but he at least kind of tries stuff a little bit lower in his register um and also he kind of takes a few more risks in terms of like the the kind of chord choices and stuff Mm. and i think that this is a you know this song's a really good example of that of just like him You know, he's basically spent the last kind of two or three years just kind of basically being at peace with himself. It feels like, Mm. you know, like the the stuff with Cyrita is very much like the start of the 70s. And then by the time we get in here closer to the the middle of the 70s, and obviously, um, you know, after this album, we we take a pretty big break. And, you know, we're not going to come back for another couple of years. um, It feels like he's kind of reached an apotheosis of like his craft and he kind of you know everything on this song just feels so perfectly balanced just like you know we finish with the the two of them singing together and kind of affirming that they are thinking of the other one yeah they are creeping into each other's dreams and that's when we get this kind of mournful harmonica right and then of course it kind of brings it back to the bridge again and you know when i'm asleep at night baby and you know then after that we kind of then go one final time with the love is so amazing um, and then the kind of the change of, you know, not asking if people kind of, you know, creep into each other's dreams, but basically finish off saying, guess you will be staying. And then the so let it be that you always creep into my dreams. And then just the kind of repetition of in my dreams as the song kind of uh, gradually kind of finishes. And I, I don't know, it's just... It's such a kind of well put together song, and you know, it's for one that doesn't have a chorus. Uh, I think it's still kind of like you know. I I feel like the thing with Stevie Wonder and choruses, you know, he he does very catchy choruses, so. You know, if you've got a song that's got a catchy chorus and Stevie Wonder singing it, then you'll remember it. Yeah. Uh, but I think here, just the repetition of the "In My Dreams" along with the, you know, "You always creep into my dreams," like just that I, kind of, I don't know. I don't feel like there was any kind of chorus that he could have put in here without repeating the
0: words "creeping" over again. It would have been really odd. Yeah, I think what you're saying is right. It is a very balanced song, kind of. I would say even perfect in that way. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, balanced. It's definitely the word I would use.
1: And of course, after this, we then kind of go into the kind of the more fierce. You haven't done nothing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It feels feels like on this this first side, he's, you know, he started with smile, please. And now he's kind of concluding with creeping and then, you know, preparing us for the second side, which is going to start with something a bit more kind of, um, you know, incendiary. Uh, the song that caused Richard Nixon to resign, I believe. Um, of the many things that have forced
0: him to uh, resign. Well,
1: no, literally released as a single two days later, Richard Nixon resigned. Uh, huh. So he's, uh, you know,
0: that's how powerful Stevie Wonder was. If only, if only pop music could do that nowadays. I don't know if Ariana Grande could get Trump <laughs> out of the White House. She could try. No, but I, I'd like to.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see her give it at least a good try um yeah so i mean uh this is probably one of my favorite songs on this entire album um you know i say probably tied with the next track you know these those are two and also you know heaven is 10 zillion those three are probably easily my top three off this album and it's hard to kind of pick one of them uh so naturally i'm gonna say six out of five love this uh
0: yeah i'll give it a five out of five there there are some moments where i'm like oh this song's a bit long but at the same time it does i think downbeat was something you said earlier and I, i think when i when I was trying to figure out what is so what what keeps me with it, I think it is just kind of like the downbeat uh nature of it. So you know, five out of five. Sometimes it kind of drags on, drags on just a little bit, but at the same time, it also then works out all in the end.
1: I think I think that the thing is like obviously um, after the harmonica solo and it kind of comes back one last time just before they have the repetition of in my dreams. I think you're right. It it does feel like it's kind of overstaying its welcome just a little bit, but I think that's because Stevie wanted just like singing the words in my dreams in his lower register, yeah. and he seems to just be repeating it just because he likes the sound of it, and he, and you know I I, I mean I would. Agree Agree. Maybe you know, it could be thirty seconds short or something, but I, I still I would, even if this song was like nine minutes long, I would still insist on listening to all of it because oh, yeah. I just I like the qu- the quality of Minnie Ripperton's voice with Stevie Wonder's voice is you know something we only get on a couple of
0: tracks. Right. And and this song was never released as a single. No, it was not. It just no. it feels so weird. <laughs> I, I was saying like it definitely connects in a in such a way where it feels like it was or like an at least an aor or like something that could just be played on like a, a record on, on like a, a radio station just from the album but it's still surprising i don't know this was like a, a like this whole album was just a little not too familiar with me uh i'm not too familiar with like the whole album but it, it feels like this was a bit of a missed uh opportunity this is a good song great song
1: yeah the weird thing with stevie wonder like um in in the uh in the 70s is all of his albums only ever had like one or two singles like he didn't he didn't kind of go the michael jackson route and release seven you know out of nine songs as singles (laughs) um you know he he just he just kind of did one or two and then and then that was it. Then, you know, then he had another album out. I mean, in 72, he had two albums yeah, out. Yeah. So, you know, he he would only release one or two singles. They would hang around in the charts for quite a while. And then, you know, almost immediately, like the next album was coming out. So he just kind of moved on. Um. So he didn't spend his time kind of releasing single after single after single right. from every right. single album. So, you know, I, I mean, in I would say kind of if this was in the 80s, yeah, Creeping probably would have ended up being a single and probably Heaven Is Ten Zillion probably would have also been a single. Like, we would have ended up with Bird of Beauty being a single as well. Like, everything would have been singles. Right. Um, but, you know, with the restraint of the 70s, you know, he just released a couple of singles and then kind of moved on. Um, of note, uh, Luther Vandross um, in 1985 uh, did a cover of Creeping, uh, which is on his album uh, called uh, The Night I Fell In Love. Um, and there's a there's like a lot of songs that have well I mean the track list is like till my baby comes home the night I fell in love if only for one night <laughs> creeping which obviously has you know creeping into my dreams um, and then on the second side it's it's over now wait for love my sensitivity gets in the way and then the other side of the world I'd say other than the final track there seems to be a very distinct theme going on um, on that particular album <laughs> but yeah so I mean you know it's it's Luther Vandross it's the middle of the eighties so imagine those two things and that's what this sounds like covered by luth van dross you know uh it's pretty much kind of you know 80s um also of note it's about 20 seconds shorter as well so mm, i'll have to give that a full lesson just to see if it works he's got a nice voice yeah. but it, it feels like he's kind of sanding the edges off it like you know with Stevie Wonder, it feels like he's singing about something personal. I oh, always absolutely. feel that way with yeah. Stevie Wonder songs. You know, with Stevie Wonder, he feels like he's singing about something that he really kind of has strong feelings about whenever he sings anything. Whereas with some of the artists, when they cover his stuff, it just feels a little bit flatter and, you know, like they feel a little bit more detached.
0: Yeah, I think it was in the Rolling Stone review that was saying, like, uh, it was finishing with the last lines of the song and it was it was kind of conceding, like, you know, this uh, his dreams are fully visible, I would have to find it again, but I think, yeah, the Rolling Stone review point, kind of points out that, you know, the vision that Stevie Wonder's has uh, is uh, is is coming through on this song and album.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the... the like, once he he got the uh, the guys who invented the Tonto, whose names escape me off the top of my head right now, uh, uh, Robert Margalev and Malcolm Cecil, the guys who kind of invented the Tonto synthesizer, once they came on board as producers, I think... They were a lot more able to kind of sit with Stevie Wonder and he would kind of have an idea and they would be able to kind of help him mm. kind of put that idea together. Whereas I think, um, you know, where I'm coming from, which you know, Stevie Wonder produced himself and all that kind of stuff, he it's 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 kind of a little all over the place in terms of you know the songs, but once he met them as producers, they kind of helped him point stuff in a single direction, right? Um, and I think that was particularly helpful with the kind of the next few albums, uh, obviously, in particular the next album after this, which is uh, a big album, but yeah. So, I mean, I just, I mean, this is like I said, probably one of my top three off this, Um, you know, I I don't know about, I don't know, maybe all time, I'd say probably one of my top 10 Stevie Mm. Wonder songs. Like it's, it's such a, I just love, I love, just love the way the voices sound together between him and Minnie Ripton. And, you know, I think people should listen to more of her stuff as well, other than loving you because, you know, she had a really, she had a great voice and, um, you know, so uh, and to connect it to Prince, obviously her daughter is in a band called Princess, which covers Prince songs. So there you go. In a roundabout way, it's connected to Prince. Um, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, in? You Elias? can find me on Twitter at EHWallace. And you can find this project on Twitter at StevieByWonder. Uh, thanks for being my guest
0: here today. Thank you very much, Dan. And otherwise...